the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into hour three, um, we're talking about races here in Arizona for the state legislature. Yesterday, we spoke with the candidate Marie Lanning for House of Representatives. The state Senate, just as important, if not more so. And uh, we have been delighted with redistricting to have representing this area, Legislative District 4, from where we uh, broadcast, where I live. We have been delighted to get uh, Senator Nancy Bartow representing us and running uh, for re-election here. And it is such an important race. Um, I can't communicate how important a legislator Nancy Bartow is. Um, Many of you know in my volunteer time I'm involved in a lot of different public policy uh, areas, particularly youth and health and mental health policy. You go to these meetings and again and again and again, there's like only one or two people in the legislature that others say you need to call. You have a concern, you need to call the water carrier. And that's Nancy Barto. She is always there for us. Nancy Barto, welcome back to our radio show. Thanks so much, Seth, and I appreciate your kind words. Well, we appreciate your great service, Nancy. We really do. This is an important one. Folks, if you want to help uh, Nancy out, uh, nancybarto.com is her website. Easy enough. Nancy, you look at the at the at the state of our state right now and you look at the various tipping points on various areas of policy. Tell us what concerns you most. What are you running hardest on? What issues do you think are most prominent not only for the district but for the state of Arizona? Well, you know, they run the gamut, but uh, because uh, all eyes are on Arizona, uh, what happens here is going to matter all over the country. Uh, we are going to need to win every race in order to really push back on what's happening federally. I mean, if we don't win at the top of the ticket to the bottom, including our U.S. Senate, we're going to see things like federalizing elections and packing the Supreme Court, continuing to have a a Biden border. I don't even want to call it a a border crisis. It's a Biden border crisis. Uh, And all that comes with that uh, just continuing to wreak havoc in our state. So, you know, it's important that we not only win those federal races and the top of the ticket but if if we uh if if we don't win uh the state legislature and have a working majority uh to push back against what's happening we do just as poorly um we haven't really had much of a working majority uh, over the last few years on a number of issues and so i'm really looking forward to a big win uh, and it's going to be a, a ground game from here on to make sure that happens. That's a great point you're making about a working majority. I think I know what you mean, um, and I'll ask you to uh, explain it further to the audience. Right now, we're, we're we're just one or two votes right between R and D on uh, in our legislature. It's so closely and evenly split. 
that it's darn near impossible to really get serious legislative reform or serious legislative agendas on behalf of common sense or Republican policies because it is so darned close, right? Exactly. Exactly. And a good example of that is how we were really unable to do uh, the work we needed to do to protect children. Um, we did pass some bills uh, on masks and vaccine mandates for parents, but, you know, we came woefully short on really protecting kids from gender uh, ideology in schools and giving parents the opportunity to see what's happening, as, you know, in, ter- in terms of their curriculum in schools. We couldn't even get uh, all of our Republicans on board. We fell short by one. And, of course, every Democrat voted no. Right. Um, so um, it was a miracle, frankly, that we had the ESA bill through, and uh, that's just an incredible victory. Um, but that's that's at risk too yep. if we lose our majority and uh, have uh, have it go to the ballot. Uh, these things are are just so <laughs> they're they're all on the all on the line. That's right. I'm glad you brought up ESAs and school choice. So very, very critically. Yeah, no, it's very critically important, the school choice. uh, But also the choice has to be uh, meaningful. And so the state legislature tried to do something about some of this cruddy content, whether it was racialization or sexualization of our children. Is that something that we can take up again, curriculum reform from the state legislature? We can. We can. Um, And that's one of my first priorities yeah. is to back uh, curriculum transparency. Uh, Senate Bill 1211 uh, was super important. It it, uh, it makes so much sense because we know that you can outlaw CRT and specific ideology and sex ed, but they sneak it in everywhere. Yeah. The racial wokeness uh, is throughout curriculum. Parents need to know and see and have that opportunity to to. Um, to make a choice based on that knowledge where your kids are going to go. It's it's amazing how fast things can change. Uh, you and I grew up in roughly the same ne- neighborhood. Uh, we went to the same high school. Go Titans! And <laughs> it's it's just a different Phoenix and Scottsdale now, and it's a different education system than what we grew up with. Nancy, it's changed. Fa- the left moves very fast. They move quietly, but they move fast and they move hard, don't they? They don't do incremental. They do big. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible, frankly, how quickly things have gone from, uh, you know, kind of under the radar pushing this kind of thing and then denying that it's happening. Right. And now they're just openly pushing it yeah. and trying to defend uh, this wokeness, uh, sex ed, even what uh, Superintendent Hoffman has on her huge hat that's uh, just getting kids involved in in chat rooms uh, and keeping parents in the dark. Yeah. It's uh, pretty amazing. This is right out in the open, and it is a different world. I mean, I like you said, we grew up in a, a very innocent age where, I mean, a, my dad saw it happen, and I've talked about that at a lot of my events, how uh, he was really, really active in looking at my textbook and you know much to my dismay criticizing because he didn't see sure. much pro-america sure. content back then um, but now it's so much worse it's all anti-america and uh, pro-socialism and our we're seeing the the results now after after so many decades of how kids are now voting 
uh, accordingly because they're not hearing the truth about how good America is and what we really are founded on. I often joke about I often joke about those textbooks. I think I know some of them. We would give our eye teeth for those textbooks again, <laughs> even though your dad thought they weren't quite st- sturdy enough. What we would do to get those textbooks back, <laughs> given what kids are faced with today. But you're right. That is how the left does it. That when we find out what they're up to, particularly in our schools, whether it's CRT or sexualization or or, or, or just downright propaganda about this country, they at first will deny that it's happening. There's the syllogism here. They deny that it's happening. And then when it can no longer be denied, they shame us and try and call us names or slander us for making it an issue. And then the next thing you know is they go about mandating it. It's, it's, really, it's really a hell of an effort they've put towards this, isn't it? They call it banning books. Right. It's out. Right. Right. The notion of banning books. It's a funny thing about this banning books, too, especially uh, I'm looking at some of these textbooks. I don't think parents have any idea, really, how bad some of these books are. Forget high schools. Look at the nursery and kindergarten stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with these books. We can't talk about the content on radio shows like this. We literally cannot. We would get fined to talk about the content we're feeding and force feeding our six year olds, Nancy. Yeah, and some of those parents that's going to those school boards meetings who have read that content out loud have been shut down for that very reason. Right, right. It's exactly right. i got to take a quick commercial break, Nancy. Let me come back. I'd like to talk to you a little bit uh, about crime and uh, criminal justice issues, uh, as well as chronic homelessness and what we're seeing in these uh, changes to our neighborhoods as well. As I go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at Y-Refi. If you are looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, um, Y-Refi is offering up a fixed no-load interest rate, up to 10.25% return for investors, all on a secure, collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi, a due diligence approved firm, just run by really good people, investors who do well by doing good for others. You can be a part of that too by checking them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or you can give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Nancy Bartow and I will be right back. Please help this candidate, this state senator, out by going to nancybartow.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It's a delight. It's a privilege to have uh, Nancy Bartow, our state senator, running in the new LD Legislative District 4 here in Phoenix. NancyBartow.com is her website to help her out. Nancy, I'm going to guess that at a lot of your events, you're also asked uh, questions about uh, concerns about uh, rising crime, uh, violent crime, and uh, the seeming um, seeming inability to do things about it, or at least the seeming ability to blame the wrong parties when it comes to crime in Arizona? Well, people are more and more uh, anxious about their safety and their children's safety. And now, uh, you know, the data is in. It's coming in almost daily on uh, why this uh, rising crime is occurring. Uh, A lot of it is due to uh, the open border and uh, the, the the criminals and the drugs that are pouring through when you get the news that uh, 2 million 
fentanyl pills are, were seized in August alone, uh, and the terror threat. Um, yes, it's a it. That's a, that's part of it. The anti-police sentiment is, is another is another huge part of it. Uh, we we've, we've got to tackle this head on, and I think there's no clearer difference. Uh, than on on this issue between the parties. I mean, one, my, including my my opponent, um, she's she's all in for for this new kind of criminal justice reform that doesn't even consider what is what justice is and and who justice is for. How about the victim? Uh, they're left behind. But uh, with, this is incredible uh, that we're in this position where. Um, we don't have enough police on our street because uh, they, they've just had enough. Yeah. They're in the crosshairs. And, you know, we've got to incentivize, uh, incentivize them and give, send us a strong message that we appreciate the work that they do and really clean up our systems uh, and put the incentives in the right place in terms of uh, what to do with criminals and homelessness, uh, make sure our mental health system is working Appropriately, you know, I've spent a lot of time yes, you trying to uh, fix fix a lot of those um, loopholes yep. that are are causing people to fall through the cracks and end up homeless and in jail, and then it's the horrendous cycle of crime and drugs and uh, misery. It's it's misery. It's social destruction. Let's stay on that mental illness thing for a moment, if we can. Mental health anyway. Nancy, uh, you have been a champion for it. Uh, You know, I I marvel uh, at how the teachers unions heads at the at the at the national level, uh, at the at, at the at the administration in Washington, D.C., they're now talking about um, covid being over and they're now worried about the uh, mental health fallout and the educational uh, learning loss fallout from the closure of schools. And I and and I'm just wondering about accountability. There won't be any because we don't really do accountability like that here. They have obvious kinds of different political immu- and legal immunities. But my gosh, they have a lot to answer for. A lot of us were warning during the school shutdowns that they were creating a cure worse than the disease of or at least a cure worse than the virus of covid. And now they they like arsonists are standing over the burnt ashes and lamenting the fire. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, we already had a crisis in mental health. Great and point. From, from every point of it, from mild depression and hopelessness. and the, I mean, it, I don't know if there is a real mild end of it, because you, when you see a suicide, you know, in a, in a kid, it's, a, it's the worst possible outcome you yeah. can imagine. If it happens to someone you know, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but then you, you, you look at the spectrum and how uh, we have just treated people with serious mental illnesses and, and not uh, put them, treated them appropriately yeah. because we shut down all the institutions in the 60s. And we're still <laughs> institutionalizing them now. Well, now it's, we call it prison. Yeah. Um, and, and we're dealing with them on the street. So uh, we, we, we have a crisis of... Uh, just incredible proportion that we we have to tackle one thing at a time and i think one of the things we really failed at is continuing to throw good money after bad in promoting uh facilities and homes 
for people without accountability, like you mentioned. Right. We can do better, and there's a plan to do better, but, you know, we know... We know which party is going to continue to oppose that kind of accountability uh, for for incentives to do this right. And so we we've, we've got to, like I said, you've got to vote Republican if you want accountability and you really want to keep crime at bay, treat mentally ill people, and treat uh, mental health issues appropriately, and it, keep the schools open. I mean, who? I, I, I'm kind of amazed that we're, uh, you know, we're seeing all the data come from the close the school closures on on the uh, outcomes from that. But there's no there's no real uh, apology. No, no, no. There's just no. a revision of history. And, yeah, they, they just revise history and ignore the fact that the NEA and AFT was working hand in glove with the CDC to keep those schools closed. And you're right, too, to point out, you know, it's a version of misplaced compassion. It's not compassionate to allow people with mental health and drug issues and usually a combination of both to live in a state of misery and chronic homelessness. That is not compassion. It's not compassion uh, for parents and older people to treat their children as if they are the dangers and put those their anxieties onto our children. It's a lot about misplaced compassion, isn't it, Nancy? It's just it, when it comes to crime, it is misplaced compassion to care more about the criminal than the victim. We see this again and again and again through the liberal versus conservative dichotomy, don't we? And in the school setting, it's all about the unions yep. and putting them first and the kids last. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, in the face of, of, of the science where children were the last ones to really suffer from uh, from infections like COVID. Yep. Uh, and here we were forcing these school closures and masks that uh, affect their learning yep. and development. Uh, there's truly no compassion. It's the total opposite. Uh, Nancy Bartow, you've been generous with your time. I always feel guilty about inviting uh, you on or people like you on this show because I want you out there busy uh, campaigning because the stakes are so dang high. As I said yesterday about another race in LD4, you may not live in LD4, but if you have the resources or the ability to help these candidates, even in districts you may not live in, do understand they represent, they will represent, they will be passing laws for the entire state of Arizona. So, Nancy Bartow, Godspeed to you, um, and thank you for your time. Thank you for your public service. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate uh, all the support and the focus on LD4. It's, it's a must-win district, and so I hope people will get involved in that race and make sure to uh, help us turn these three blue seeds red. Let's do it. Thank you. We will do it together. NancyBarto.com is the website to learn more and help out. NancyBarto.com. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature. I take their fruits and veggies every day, have been for about three years now, I think it's been, and it's the best product I've ever taken. It is uh, 100% natural, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. You take them once a day 
and you are good to go. Potent stuff. They don't add a thing. They don't add color. They don't add sweeteners of any kind, sugars, nothing artificial, 100% natural. I'm talking everything from wild blueberries to apples and grapes and cranberries to you name it on the vegetable side as well. Everything you would want from carrots and kale and cayenne pepper to garlic. Balanceofnature.com is the website. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I want to talk a little bit about that interview I was doing with Nancy Bartow that we just concluded. You know, if you're like me, you probably have friends. Uh, They're probably even on your side, uh, or at least when they think about policies, end up being more conservative than liberal, maybe just common sense oriented and not on the conservative liberal spectrum. But you probably, if you're like me, you have friends who will read a news story about something outrageous, uh, something in the schools, uh, a textbook in the schools, uh, an effort by the superintendent of education, um, some kind of criminal justice policy uh, that allows a turnstile of criminals to go in and out and walk around uh, a McDonald's with a hatchet, even though that uh, that person uh, has been, shall we say, uh, on the streets uh, for reasons that make no sense because they have a criminal background and they've been let out early, released early or being given a generous bail uh, hearing. And they will email you or text you or call you and say, what the H or can you believe this or how does this happen? Uh, you, you're, you're, you're probably like me in that sense. You probably have friends who look at that. Maybe your people like uh, maybe in the listening audience here. You 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 do that yourself. How how did we get here? How is this possible? How is this happening? And the answer is politics. The answer is not leadership politics. It's ideology. It's by not having more people like Nancy Bartow in this case or a Rachel Mitchell in our county attorney's office. It's 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 by virtue of not allowing Republicans to govern. It's by virtue of allowing Democrats and their foolish left wing policies to dominate. I mean, it is no mystery why the the cities facing the greatest miseries are Democrat run cities, as Heather MacDonald was putting it in the previous hour. What is it that Los Angeles and New York City have in common? Because it's not a lot of the culturally and geographically and in in, in industry. They're very, very different cities. But why do they have the same problem, i.e. chronic homelessness, crime, rising drug use, rising uh, physical abuse? Why do they have those problems? Same with um, Philadelphia and, oh, I don't know, Seattle or San uh, San Francisco. These are not cities that share uh, a similar white culture. They aren't cities that share the same any kind of geography or anything like that environment, but they have these same social destructions. What is the similarity? The similarity is the ideology. The similarity is the political party. If you want to end it, you have to get serious about politics. And this is why I don't get people kind of get mad at me for this. I don't get angry uh, when I um, when I see one of these stories and people say, wow, how does this happen? I get it because you voted for it or you didn't vote or you didn't get enough people to vote against people and candidates who want to continue on this downward spiral for society. There is an effect that we have to keep in mind, which is 
the liberal left-wing ideology in this party, the Democratic Party, the liberal left-wing ideology within the Democratic Party does not have the same view of general concepts that we do. When we think about justice, they have a different idea of what justice is. Heather MacDonald said it really well in the last hour. Justice to us means protecting the civilian population and when, God forbid, there is a violent criminal act, being on the side of the victim. Justice for the left, justice in the Democratic Party means an entirely different thing. Just as peace means a different thing, just as, I don't know, insurrection and protest means a different thing. They have different terminologies and thus different concerns. doesn't mean we have to do that, and it doesn't mean that I'm right to say I'm blasé about it. I'm not blasé about it. I just get it. Ideology really matters, and thus political party really matters, and thus voting really matters. So you can't vote in Democrats and then be surprised that we have, to borrow from C.S. Lewis, traitors in our midst. You can't make men without chests and expect virtue and enterprise. You can't castrate and expect the geldings be fruitful. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. They are good people. Uh, not only do they host and sponsor these kinds of conversations and this kind of uh, talk, they are uh, also helping to uh, teach uh, American history to the children of parents, uh, obviously the children uh, and their parents uh, in, 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 in the theme parks to American history that they have uh, been supportive of, and they make a hell of a great product. I take it every single day. It's 100% natural. There is nothing added. It is third-party tested for all kinds of impurities um, from metals, pesticides, has no fillers, no extracts, no additives, no color, no sugar. It's just pure, potent plant power. The good stuff, everything from uh, oranges and lemons and sweet cherries and mangoes on the fruit side to the good stuff and vegetables on the vegetable side, from spinach and cauliflower and cayenne pepper and wheatgrass, white onion, zucchini, you name it. Balance of Nature, you just take it once a day and you are good to go. Balanceofnature.com is where you go to get those fruits and veggies. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. We were having a lot of talk uh, earlier in the show about uh, racism uh, and uh, the uh, the claims that people seize onto it, the soft bigotry of low expectations, uh, which can often lead to what Shelby Steele has called the uh, permanent uh, stigma, the permanent uh, stigma of questionable competence. That's his phraseology. And someone sent me a great, great piece I had forgotten about, a great piece by Frederick Douglass. Interestingly enough, he's not studied that much anymore either. Uh, but Frederick Douglass, uh, in a uh, speech he gave in 1865 in Boston, What the Black Man Wants, boy, uh, it is so good. Uh, bear with me. I shall read it. What I ask, and forgive the language, it's his language. I just don't want to distort it. It's not obviously the language or the parlance of our times. What I ask for the Negro is not benevolence, not pity, not sympathy, but simply justice. The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. 
everybody has asked the question and they learned to ask it early on of the abolitionists. What shall we do with the Negro? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apples will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, let them fall. I'm not for tying or fascinating them on, the, or excuse me, I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way, except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, let them fall. And if the black man cannot stand on his own legs, let him fall also. All I ask is give him a chance to stand on his own legs. Let him alone. If you see him on his way to school, let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, let him go. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the ballot box, let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a worship, and excuse me, if you see him going into a workshop, just let him alone. Your interference is doing him a positive injury. Yes, just so. This is much the point of Larry Elder's in his new documentary, which I uh, urge all of you to see, uh, Uncle Tom 2. It's a fabulous documentary. It's really well done. Um, I, I, I guess I, I, I first noticed this issue, not when it came to African-Americans in my own life, but uh, something a little bit different. I think I've probably told the story before, but I remember my freshman year in college, I was taking an upper level psych class and I got I gave, I turned in my first paper and I remember getting a rather low grade, something along the lines of a B minus or C plus B minus, however it was done, something in that neighborhood. And I asked a sweet mate of mine, a senior who was also in that class, um, uh, what his grade was, and he got an A minus. And I asked if I could see his paper, and it was awful. It was awful. It was ungrammatical. It uh, didn't uh, have complete sentences. Uh, it was the kind of thing that if I turned in as a freshman in high school, I would have maybe, maybe gotten a D. High school, but now we're in college. He's a senior, and. This man was uh, from uh, the inner parts of L.A., inner cities of L.A., and um, uh, his heritage was uh, was was that of a minority population. And I went to my professor and I asked, you know, why my grade was so low. And she gave me the reasons, which were fairly rational. And But then I asked her, I said, um, well, you know, I have to tell you, I'm confused because um, this person, I remember his name, but no reason to give it out over the rate. There's no reason to. I, I, I asked her, I said to her, why did so-and-so get such a much better grade? Because I looked at that paper, and I have to tell you, I thought it was, you know, much worse than mine. And the professor, fully tenured professor, said to me, well, I've known this student for some years, and you have to understand where he comes from. And when you understand where he comes from, you will understand why he gets a better grade. And it was right then and there, right then and there, that very moment when I understood or would later understand 
what Shelby Steele meant by his phraseology of the permanent stigma of uh, questionable competence. And I further understood what it meant to leave people alone and treat them with singular standards. It is my submission that we do no favor, that we do no favor by artificially elevating a standardized score or evaluation or judgment of any kind based on someone's race, because that is a soft bigotry of low expectations in and of itself. Um, I don't know what became of this man. I hope he is doing well and did well uh, in life and in his career. But you begin to understand how this insidiously begins to take place. Did it make me work harder? Sure. Sure, it made me work harder. But did it offend every sensibility of equality and every sensibility of academic achievement or achievement of any kind whatsoever? You bet it did. I'll give you another example of it. Think about Think, do you remember the, the the Muslim cartoon controversy where you had that Dutch cartoonist who, during the heights of the war on terror, had some uh, cartoons that offended some in the Muslim population? No paper in America and no TV show, no news show on television would show them. You know why? You know why? Because they said we're afraid it will cause more violence from more Muslims. Any cartoons about Jews, let her rip. Any cartoons about Christians, let her rip. It was the soft bigotry of low expectations of the Muslim minority or the Muslim population in assuming that they were going to be treated, excuse me, in assuming that they were going to act violently by being shown the same things that Jews see every day and Christians see every day and other religions see every day in cartoons about themselves. And in that in that very decision by these news organizations, you have to ask yourself, who's the real bigot here? Who's the real bigot expecting a lower standard of behavior based on race, religion, ethnicity, or you name it? Well, it ain't us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. We uh, dealt with some pretty hefty issues today. Glad to do it. Uh, that is uh, that is a great use of talk radio. Other uh, other outlets, uh, other media sources cower from these things. We don't. We don't. We go right into it, and I uh, want to thank you all for your contributions and patience with it. When I think about when I think about the various ways we started the show talking about another avenue the left is using, the Democratic Party is using to shut us up and silence us, I was talking about their a priori, uh, their a priori criticism uh, of, uh, of our immorality. Um, you think about issues having to do particularly with race and ethnicity that they charge Republicans with, and they have achieved this general sense, this general uh, conventional wisdom. They have achieved creating a conventional wisdom that Republicans or conservatives are bigots, are racists. They have done this uh, loudly and they have done it quietly. They have done this overtly and they have done it subtly. And it's worked 
but it falls apart upon close examination. The problem is, we had a caller, I think, in the first or second hour on this. The problem is that they have convinced so many Republicans, so many Republicans, that for them to speak up and out on these issues is for them to then trigger, will be triggering themselves and against themselves charges and accusations of bigotry and racism. Don't do it and don't take that bait. The only way we're going to win this is if you go right at it and give it that close scrutiny. Give it the scrutiny it deserves, these charges, and fight back and fight back hard because when you do, you will find, you will find that the real racialists are on the left. You will find that the real bigotry is on the left. And it ain't always soft. Don't give in and don't give up and don't cower. Don't let them win by silencing you before you can even speak. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.